Welcome to Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking Podcast. I am Virgil Walker. What up, Omaha? I am Daryl Harrison. What's going on, listeners? It's all you, man. What up, Omaha? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Everything's good in the hood over here. How about where you are, bro? I'm good, too, man. Uh, you know, it's hitting low 90s here in the ATL, man. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's doing its thing. <laughs> it's yeah. doing its thing. It's already man. starting so, to warm up, huh? And it's only May, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we're in for a long summer, man. No long. doubt. No doubt. Well, speak speaking of warming up, man, I'm I'm watching the, the episodes drop and folks really are tuning in and loving it. And man, I look, I I just I just crept past one thousand followers on what? Twitter, man. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just getting started, man. But I had to look shout at it look out. at Wing, man. Right? It's all. It's due to you, man. It's all. That's all your people, man. They, look they at Wing, man. Gathering a little flock. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting started, man. I, I know. I know you. Wow. I know you. I know you crashing through the ten thousand mark, man. But I was. I was. I was excited. I had. You know. I only had a couple hundred when I started. And, I know, uh, man. When, I, I, we, I was about to say. I knew you, man, when you were only in the triple digits. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to grow, man, and I'm I'm having a blast doing it, having a blast alongside you, man. And uh, and again, my my goal is not to swell your head, man, but dude, you're just putting out some great content, some rich work. People are definitely digging it, and and by God's grace, man, it looks like the you know the following is growing, and folks are are tuning in to the to, to the podcast and and enjoying what they're hearing, man. How you feeling about it? Well, I enjoy, man. I enjoy tagging you out on Twitter, especially when I'm in trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much every day. Right, right, right. Right, right. I said, right. man, let me get some reinforcements up in here. So let me tag. Let me tag Virgil yeah, on this. Yeah. I watch but you, nah. man. I watch what you do. It's always nice to see what you're doing out there. Well, I, I appreciate your encouragement, man. I need it. And I mean that mm-hmm. seriously, because I think if folks were to, you know, that's the old adage, you know, if only you could walk a mile in my shoes, mm-hmm. um, man, I'm serious. If, if folks could walk a mile in my social media shoes. Right, right, right. You know, to, to, to coin a phrase, man, I, I think they would be shocked at the, just at the heat that we take for just trying to take up an objective biblical stance on these Mm -hmm. issues Mm -hmm. and not try to push an agenda off on somebody. So, uh, but yeah, man, but see, see what happens when you hang around me, man. Yeah, man. It starts, it starts getting stirred up, man. I know, man. And, and, and and I'm not doing, listen, it's like I said on the last episode, man, it's not like I've gotten caught with my hand in the cookie jar or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just sticking to what, I'm convicted the gospel says on these Amen. issues, man. Amen. And, and, and people want to get upset. Yeah. Yeah. You and and, and and besides, you're not you're not new to this. We we're not right. we're not new to gospel proclamation, mm-hmm. not new to, to conserv to a conservative point of view. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I prefer a biblical point of view right. about about social issues in the culture. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the tagline of everything we're doing, man. Explain that to him, man. Explain, explain the ju- you know, just thinking. And for those who are just maybe maybe new to tuning in, mm-hmm. new to what we do and that kind of thing, kind of walk them through what we're doing and why we do what we do. Yeah, that's a good call, man. I'd be glad to do that. So the Just Thinking podcast was born really – out of it's really an extension of my blog that that I, that is by the same title. So if you haven't visited my blog, you can get to the blog at justthinking.me. That's just mm-hmm. thinking. That's one word. dot m e. And the tagline for the blog applies to the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Applying biblical truth to the social, political, cultural, and theological issues in our world. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah. We so when I'm at that when I'm writing a blog article, that goes that tagline goes into everything that I write on the blog, mm-hmm. and by extension, it goes and applies to everything that we talk about here on the bot on the podcast. It's just absolutely, that absolutely. The, the beauty of that I'll tell I'll I'll, I'll share this because I know you won't. I know folks enjoy the podcast. They enjoy our interaction, kind of back and forth, and what we talk about in this space. But I will tell you, if you like what you're experiencing here. You definitely want to follow the blog. Uh, D- Daryl's writings are are incredibly powerful. I mean, there was there was a there was something you kind of just wrote, and I know you're not a big Facebook guy, but uh, there was a a thing you wrote that caught my attention. I think it was last week uh, where you talked about your background. You were looking at social justice warrior issues uh, around race, uh, and you kind of wrote down, "Hey, my background, your background, rather," and 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 the, the fact that that it wasn't only whites who had a role to play. Uh, in the slave trade, that there were blacks who were involved as well. And mm-hmm. and, and you really challenged the thinking on that. I just as I read that, Daryl, man, I was just I was really blown away. I thought, wow, I, I, you and I have talked off, you know, one off mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit about that. But I just thought mm-hmm. how the manner in which you wrote that and wrote it so succinctly in one piece that you can kind of digest relatively quickly. I just thought was profound. I had to share it on my page and I saw a whole lot of other people. In fact, I want to say Dr. James White. Yeah, uh, ended up picking it up on on his page and, uh, and and sharing it as well. So just a lot of great stuff beginning to happen, man. I love what you're doing there. Well, thanks a lot, Wayne, man. I appreciate that uh, a lot. And you know that post that I wrote on Facebook was just something that I was just really convicted to say, mm-hmm. really to respond to a lot of the his hypocrisy out there that that I see going on mm-hmm. around yeah. this whole social justice, uh, this incessant dialogue around social social justice, much of which is rooted in the whole slavery narrative in America. Mm-hmm. But as we've talked about on this podcast before, listen, if you want to be intellectually honest about slavery in America, you can't start the timeline at right. 1860. That's good. You can't start the timeline in 1619 when the first Africans arrived in Jamestown, Virginia. You can't start the timeline there. You have to go back hundreds, if not thousands of years mm-hmm. back to the motherland. Mm-hmm. OK, I mean, we're not long after this whole Black Panther blitz and everybody going all Wakanda mm-hmm. on us. Right. <laughs> so let's go back to Wakanda. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I went back to my own personal. Lineage, my own personal roots, back to the Balanta people. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Guinea-Bissau, West Africa, who in exchange for iron and metals and farming tools, weapons to defend themselves, Mm -hmm. they themselves 
actively participated in the mid-Atlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. These are black Africans way before the 1800s. We're talking 15th century. Yeah. At least. So we're talking 1400s. Okay. So I just put that out there, something to chew on, something to consider amidst all the one-sided blame that's going on out there that's being preached and pontificated by certain social justice advocates who want to just blame white people mm-hmm. for all this, for where mm-hmm. we are or where we've right. been or where we've come from. Oh, no, no, no. The blood of slave owners runs in my veins right now mm-hmm. today. today. Wow. Right. Absolutely. So Absolutely. That's, that was that's just a powerful, powerful piece. There was a, was a, there was a piece you wrote, and I know we've got a lot of st- a lot of ground to cover, man. But I, I just thought that it was worth it to kind of touch on this. I got I got called I got a, another another thing that I had to blame on 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 Daryl Harrison. Well, right. uh, I got <laughs> I got I got, uh, I got tagged. It was a, a brother who had posted uh, an article that you had written a while back called "Slavery: The Sin." that will not die die. in America. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this was a, this was a, this was a brother, uh, a white brother. He, he's a, uh, attends, I think he attends Moody and, uh, and he, uh, and he, he, he reached out and I don't know how I got tech. Cause I'm thinking it's Daryl's name is on the, is on the, uh, the article. And uh, (laughs) I don't know how, I don't know how he figured he would find me and tag me. But uh, but he did and just kind of asked, he said, hey, I posted this article, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really in a space and a place even even at this, you know, at this college where, you know, where we're learning theology and the like, a lot of social justice warrior warriors out here. And here's what they're mm-hmm. doing. And I just want to make sure that, you know, a I'm, I'm following the article well and fo- following the article right. And the comments that I made aimed at it were, were you know, were, were right, were biblical and true. And so I found myself even this weekend walking through, an, you know, an old article you had written. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and then, trying to help this brother see that he was, he was, he was standing on 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 sound biblical doctrine about the mm-hmm. Imago Day and mm-hmm. uh, and issues around around historic slavery. And so, mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting. Interesting again, another piece that I want to recommend uh, other folks go back and take a look at as well. Yeah, it's amazing how, uh, with respect to slavery, you know, and I was very deliberate in titling that piece the way I did, because slavery is just the one sin that will not die. We will not let go of it. We will not put it in our rearview mirror. You know, and that sort of goes back to the phrase I coined called sin by proxy. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the sin with respect to Christians anyway, uh, some Christians that is, is it's just seemingly the one sin that the blood of Christ just stops just short of atoning for mm-hmm. that the mm-hmm. atonement of, that Christ made on the cross, which the scripture says that gesture in Christ, that he died for sin once for all. Yes. But when it comes to slavery, it just doesn't seem to apply. That doctrine just doesn't seem to apply and I've said this before on the podcast that it seems like there are those out there who are looking for another atonement. Mm-hmm. They're looking for another type of atonement. They're looking for somebody else to die, figuratively right. speaking, for this particular sin. 
right, right. Slavery slash racism. They're they're looking for something else, someone else to die for that particular sin, because uh, Christ, for some reason, the atonement of Christ, the Son of God, didn't just make it. Just was slightly insufficient in that regard. So we right. we got to find something else to atone right. for this one. Right. This well, one I- sin. Well, I, I know you did not expect me to, to spend the opening on, on all of that, but man, I, but, I definitely. Hey, that, that's what we do, man. We, we, for, especially for our new listeners, we don't script any of this. Right. Right. Seriously. We don't script any of this. The, the most Virgil and I know about these episodes before we go in to record them. The most we know is what we're going to talk about. And we know that eventually we'll talk about that. Right, right. <laughs> but, but but these intros and and even into the more robust content within the podcast episode mm-hmm. itself, we don't script mm-hmm. any of this. Yeah, none yeah. of this is choreographed. So hey, man, that's what we do. It's all good. No, no doubt. I thought those were worth worth mentioning, and and again, letting our letting our listeners know how much we appreciate, enjoy, and read what they what they write, mm-hmm. uh, follow what they say. Mm-hmm on Twitter and, uh, and on Facebook, uh, and the like. And so definitely, uh, couldn't do, couldn't do this, couldn't take it to the, to the level we are apart from their help. And so just want to, want to send a shout out to that. I, I know you've got two things, man, that you want to run through. We're going to try to not nail both of these down uh, before our time is up and, uh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tee it up, man, and let you, and let you swing, swing at this. All right. Uh, there, was, there was an article that you, that you sent me, uh, by the Baptist press. And of course we know, uh, those of us who are uh, Southern Baptists, I being one of them, that the uh, that the convention for Southern Baptists is coming up uh, here real soon, second week of June, uh, that that will tee off. And so, uh, you know, a lot of articles around what's going on uh, in the convention or with the convention and the like. Uh, this particular one uh, it was was of interest because it, it, it the the, uh, the headline reads ethnic breakdown of Gaines's appointments released. Uh, the article is dated May 10th, uh, 2018. Uh, I've walked through the content of, of the article. And uh, so just, I, 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 I have a feeling I know where you'll go with this. Uh, but but like you said, we, we none of this is scripted. None of this is choreographed. I, I we, we don't talk in any, at any great depth about where each of us sees or views uh, any of these issues, we kind of wait to see what one or the other of us will say once we get on the air. And so, uh, man, I open the floor for you, man, to tee this one up and let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. So, uh, so verse, hey, that's news to me, man. I didn't know you were Southern Baptist. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm SPC. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, good, good, good. Okay, that's cool, man. So that's going to uh, actually lend a little more credibility to the time that we're going to be spending talk about this, man. Sure. So I appreciate you mentioning that. So yep, yep. now, um. I'm not reformed. I'm sorry. I'm not Southern Baptist now, but I have spent about half of my adult Christian life as a Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm reformed Baptist now, but uh, prior to uh, about four years ago, uh, I was Southern Baptist. I mean, I was a member of First Baptist Church of Atlanta, mm-hmm. where Dr. Charles Stanley is still the senior pastor. Mm-hmm. That's Charles Stanley, not Andy. Right. I just want to that there is a there is a difference, brother. There, there is, is a, a difference. difference. Yes, there is. Uh, so Charles Stanley was senior pastor. He's still senior pastor there today. But I was a member there at FBA for more than twenty years. I mean, First wow. Baptist Atlanta is one of the more notable uh, and the more uh, well respected Southern Baptist churches uh, in the nation. Mm-hmm. And when I left there, the church that I joined after leaving First Baptist Atlanta 
was also an SBC church. So I was there for another five years. So I've spent quite a bit of my adult life as a member of an SBC uh, church. So I do have deep rooted connections to the Southern Baptist convention. Um, But when you look at uh, headlines like this, I think the evangelical church, uh, regardless of the denomination is in a sad state of affairs when you have to lead uh, uh, with a headline that reads ethnic breakdown of Gaines's appointments is released. So we're referring to Steve Gaines. Okay. Who's the president of the SBC. And uh, this was back on May 10th, just a few days ago where uh, the Baptist press ran, ran this article and it was like, man, it was like breaking news. Now we have a uh, word about the ethnic composition of some of these committees that are b- being formed in advance of the uh, convention that's going right. to be held in Dallas here in a few weeks. But as I was digesting this article in preparation for uh, recording this episode, Verge, I couldn't help but be reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 1.10. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, where Paul says, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Mm-hmm. Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Uh, So I think Paul's words in Galatians chapter one, verse 10, kind of tee this up really well for us to take a deep dive into uh, what's been talked about in this Baptist press piece. Uh, Because as I read this piece, I have to ask myself, how can anyone deny when you look at a headline, ethnic breakdown of Gaines's appointments released. How can anyone deny that this kind of ethnic genuflecting is meant for any other purpose than to avoid the criticism and scrutiny of social justice watchdogs? Right. Right. How can anyone deny that that's the purpose of releasing this kind of, not just broadcasting this kind of information, but just going about it, informing this, these, these committees this way, mm-hmm. you know, if you read further down into the article, it reads this, this is a, from the Baptist press, May 10th, 2018. Again, the article is ethnic breakdown of gains appointments released. The article goes further to say that of the resolutions committees, 10 members, four are African-American, four are Anglo, one Hispanic and one Asian two members are female, unquote. Okay. So the resolutions committees, 10 members, four African-American, four Anglo, one Hispanic and one Asian, two members are females. Now I got to tell you verse that when I read that section of the article where it details the ethnicity of the resolution committee members, Mm -hmm. their gender, their gender and how many there are of each, I got to tell you, I was just suddenly, for some reason, I was transported back to my days as a child <laughs> during Christmas. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite all-time Christmas songs that I used to enjoy singing. Mm. Okay. On the first day of Christmas, the SBC gave to me <laughs> 10 committee members. Right, right. Four African-Americans. Right. Four Anglo-Saxons. 
One who's Hispanic, <laughs> one who is Asian, two who are female. Right, right. And a partridge in a bear tree. <laughs> you are crazy, man. Look, I this mean, this really? this is this this episode will go viral just because you sang, man. <laughs> I mean, seriously, man. I mean, read yeah. that paragraph. No, I get I bro, I get it. This what this reminds me of, man, is I I automatically when I read that, I automatically thought of what 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 I call Hollywood diversity, right? You know, you know those you know those movies that you see in Hollywood where where there's a pack of friends, right? And so mm-hmm. you got you got you know, one one black kid, you know, mm-hmm. three white mm-hmm. kids, you got yep. one Hispanic kid. Yep. And yep. one Asian kid, right. as if as if they're all in the same, you know. And what you got, you got one female, you know, you know, one mm-hmm. girl who's kind of a tomboy. Mm-hmm. You know, one one girl, you're not sure which way she gonna go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 Hollywood diversity, <sighs> man. It's just it's 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 every movie that you saw where you had a pack of pack of young people that were you know devoid of parental oversight right mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and they all get together and they're they are they are of course wiser than the than the parents mm-hmm. that they they've mm-hmm. avoided mm-hmm. uh and you know they they're they're leaving the house and they have this whole other life outside of family you know under mm-hmm. themselves and so mm-hmm. they they meet together they're kind of the misfits mm-hmm. uh and they all kind of get so it's it's the same kind of you know hollywood diversity kind of kind of experience that I was reading at the same time, man, you know, I, I recognize, and, and I, I, I don't disagree with a word that you just said. I don't disagree with a word you just said, but I recognize that the SBC, SBC's history uh, isn't, isn't one to be, to be proud of right. regarding the issue of race. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's whole makeup for those who may not know, uh, the whole reason they became who they are uh, was because of the issue of race and segregation and their desire to kind of kind of be apart from uh, in, in, you know, any other racial mix uh, from from those in the north. And so there was a lot of lot, you know, and, and they were they were on the wrong side of history with regard to, to issues of around uh, slavery, around issues of of, of you know, uh, uh, Jim Crow. I mean, the whole the whole nine yards. So they don't have a good history. Now they they have done everything that the social justice warriors of our day have said they were supposed to do mm-hmm. to atone for that sin. Now mm-hmm. you you you've been around long enough to know that they've mm-hmm. they, they they've bowed the knee, they've made resolutions, they've 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 apologized in a number of different ways and places and spaces. And then not many years ago, they you know they had the had the first uh, African American president. Uh, of of the SBC and so mm-hmm. all of those things they they bowed the knee to but I think I think man it goes back Daryl to something you've you've constantly be, you know reminded us all of is that a nothing that you do for the for the social justice elite is ever really right. enough it's right. never really enough right. and so you're you're right. constantly paying for sins by proxy uh, mm-hmm. even after you. You right. should have been they should have been atoned for. Right. And see what what you know, what I, I think you very eloquently gave a really good summary of. Probably what is a very. Uh, real consideration in the SBC. 
sort of breaking down the makeup right. of this these committees in this right. way. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so there definitely is that from a mm-hmm. historical perspective. But here's what's problematic for me uh, that's highlighted in this article. Uh, well, Gaines says this. He says, from the beginning, including a, quote, maximum percentage, unquote, of ethnic diversity on the various committees we have appointed has been a major priority and goal in the nominations made under my, my leadership. From the beginning, he says, including a maximum percentage of ethnic diversity on the various committees we have appointed has been a major priority and goal in the nominations made under my leadership. Now, I'm not a math whiz, but I will say this. I think I know enough about numbers to be able to say this, is that when you commit to a maximum percentage of one ethnicity, you have to do that by virtue of minimizing percentages of another ethnicity. Right. Right. This is nothing more than ecclesiastical affirmative action. Right. That's all this is. Right. And another text I want to bring up to help prove my point here. I was looking at Acts chapter six, where uh, the apostles choose seven people, seven men to serve the congregation, Mm -hmm. to serve the needs of the congregation Mm -hmm. outside of what the apostles were uh, commissioned to do. So Mm -hmm. I'm looking at Acts chapter six, verses one through three. I'm going to read real quickly from the NESB on this. It reads, now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, so so the, the church is growing here. The Holy Spirit, the word is spreading. The church is growing. So now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in numbers, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. Now, why does that text stand out to me? Well, it stood out to me up against this idea of this approach that uh, Steve Gaines has taken within the SBC of trying to achieve a maximum percentage with respect to what I call metrics, which is essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. We need to get a percentage of this ethnicity, this gender, that ethnicity, that gender, because that's that's his goal as president. But look at what the qualifications are in verse three in Acts six. Men of good reputation full of the spirit and wisdom. Amen. Nothing to do with metrics as being measured in terms of ethnicity, gender, and the approach that Gaines has taken here within the SBC. But I was really taken aback by that phrase, maximum percentage, because as far as I'm concerned, all this is cosmetic. Absolutely. You can, we're talking aesthetics here. You can put as many blacks Asians, women, as you want on these committees. But what's going to be demonstrable is how do they carry out their duties? Do they carry out their duties in a Christ-like way? Is the the fruit 
of their heart, assuming they're all Christians, do their lives bear this out as fruit? Can you attest that each of the individuals on these committees are of good reputation? Can you? How can you attest that they're full of the Spirit? How can you attest that they are full of wisdom? Right. You see. And oh. and I, 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 brother, I totally, I totally agree with you. The thing, the thing about this, with regard to that, is let's let's say they are. Let's 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 assume the very best about all the folks that they've selected. That they are people of of good character, good good moral character. Uh, they're upstanding. They're godly people. Man, you you in my mind, brother, and I I don't know what you think about this. You diminish that when you elevate mm-hmm. their ethnic <clears throat> makeup and then make the statement that that is your primary that 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 that, that, that is your your primary goal uh, as you as you make these nominations. You diminish like don't right. even mention it. Make, make make your primary goal. We wanted to find the most qualified, exactly. most, the most godly, the, the folks exactly that that, right. that are just outstanding for these positions. And guess what? If you want to make reference to it, which I'd rather you not at all, by the way, they just so happen to be. Now, now when you when you do it this way and you elevate their race above that, you, you, you've compl- I mean, you've you've diminished right. you've diminished what's what's of primary importance. But see, you not only diminish you not only diminish the individuals, mm. you diminish people like me and you, because when you diminish them into categories, into metrics, a matter of metrics, you reduce us to nothing more than sanctified being counted absolutely man that's a great point because what we're doing is we're looking at these individuals as categories as mm-hmm. data points mm-hmm. not as people who are created in the image of god absolutely not as people who apply to whom Acts seventeen twenty six applies that says from one man god made every ethnicity yes. on the face of the earth so we look at them now as data points, as yeah, if absolutely. we're taking some sort of census or something absolutely. like that. Absolutely. And that's the, that's what's so sad about the headline of this article. Yeah, absolutely. Ethnic breakdown. I mean, Abs- come on. Absolutely. And then and then you add you 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 add you add insult to injury because now every 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 black person, every Asian person that you do begin to see in committees, your thought process is, oh, I know how they got there. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's nothing but ecclesiastical affirmative action. Mm-hmm. And what's worse is is whoever succeeds gains has to keep this up. Mm-hmm. They got to keep this up, not yeah. because the person, the individuals are qualified necessarily, but because now we got these ratios. Right. We got I got to stick to Gaines's goal of achieving a maximum percentage. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure we divvy this up now. And who wants to be? given any opportunity on that basis no absolutely not yeah nobody nobody you know nobody so so again that's why i think that's why acts chapter six i think gives us a guideline here because the disciples asked for seven men of good reputation Mm -hmm. full of the spirit and of wisdom amen okay you're not just gonna be picking and choosing people just because okay now wait a minute guys we need a certain number of women here. It's like, it's like my whole partridge in a pear tree thing. That's the only thing they left out here. <laughs> I got four African-American, four Anglo-Saxons, on and on and on. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the only thing that's left out is the partridge. Well, where's the partridge in a pear tree? Mm-hmm. You see? So n- nobody wants to be submitted to that kind of, uh, 
I, I don't know, re- re- reductionism in, in, as it relates to the Imago Dei and, and, and the fact that they're first and foremost image bearers of God. Above Amen. Anything else. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Man, as we, as we transition, man, to this next, uh, next article, man, I, I'm just kind of, kind of struck by, by what's happening. We kind of go from the church to the world and it, it doesn't get any better uh, as, as we do, you know, I mean, you see what, what's happening in the church, how they're bowing the knee kind of to the, to the social justice warriors that are out there to ensure that they've, I, I love what you said, kind of genuflect to, to those who, who are the, the, the watchdogs of this particular issue. So they don't show up on their radar screen. Uh, we, we, we see kind of where the, the catalyst of this lies and it really lies in the manner in which uh, young people are being educated uh, in, you know, in, within the culture, within, within the, uh, uh, within, you know, college circles. And so we, the, the next article that we want to kind of touch on is, is, was, was interesting, man. I could not, be, bro, when I, when you sent this to me and I looked at the article headline, I thought that somebody's got to be joking. That's got to be nope. a joke. This can't, nope. this can't be, this can't be real. Uh, I'll, nope. I'll, I'll tee up the headline and let's just, and just let you run. It, it's a, it's from campus, campus reform. And they, they have a UConn uh, university of Connecticut uh, creates a minor in quote, social, social justice, community organizing and quote uh, the, the article yeah. is, is written by uh, Celine Ryan and, uh, and she kind of covers what this minor looks like and when you hear this lineup which i'll 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 let daryl tee this up you you maybe you will believe it but it, it it's jaw-dropping to say the least brother what what are your thoughts here yeah so this article is from campus reform and uh you already read the headline uconn creates minor in social justice community organizing it says the university of connecticut is launching a new minor in social justice organizing starting in the fall semester this fall 2018 which requires at least 15 credits in courses addressing quote unquote social identities and quote unquote social, I'm sorry, structural inequality. So the focus is social identities and structural inequality. So I'm thinking, okay, so 15 credits, what's that verse? That's about, that's what five classes. That's about five classes at Mm -hmm. about what, 1500 or so per credit hour. You already, you're really, already doing the math, huh? Which I find really ironic because mm-hmm. when you look at the suffrage element of the social justice uh, message, right. I'm asking myself, first of all, how is anyone going to be able to afford this minor, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you look at what it's intended to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it inherent within this minor, it says the students must also complete a service learning internship during which they will practice community organizing and political advocacy in the real world. So I'm thinking, okay, does real world, real world mean anywhere off campus? <laughs> because this is you, this is UConn. Okay. This isn't, this right. isn't like where I'm from. This isn't Morehouse college. Okay. Right, right, this right, right. Spelman college. Right. They're in Connecticut. Right, right. This is Connecticut. Right. Right. This is not in the hoods where I'm from, right. where you from. Okay. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, so the real world is probably anywhere off the U- UConn campus. Right. Is what I'm thinking. So, you know, but one thing that came to my mind is like, why, why has it got to be a minor? Right. Why can't you major in this? And then, so, and asking myself that question, I would, I just went out just on a whim. I said, let me find out 
How many other institutes of higher learning? And I want to correct myself right there. It really should be said institutes <laughs> of higher indoctrination. Right, right. How many more institutes, institutions of higher indoctrination are offering minors like this? So mm-hmm. I actually found a very well-documented list. Uh, this was on the website, thecollegefix.com. Thecollegefix.com. There's an article that they have there entitled Want Credit for Studying Social Justice? Here are more than 100 colleges with academic programs. Oh, my word. More than 100. And I give the folks at the College Fix credit specifically, Tony Araxanen of Barnard College wrote an article dated June 13th, 2017. And in that article, there is research, a link to a, uh, an Excel spreadsheet of over 100 colleges that offer minors or higher degrees in social justice. Good let night. Me, let me just name a few of them. Miami University of Ohio, you can get a BA in social justice studies. Oh my gosh. Arizona State, you can get an M, a master's in social justice and human rights. Roosevelt University, a BA in social justice studies. Cornell, an MPA in human rights and social justice. Wow. Boston University, an MA certificate in social justice and human rights. Rutgers University, you can do a minor in social justice. Georgia Tech, where I am, you can do a minor in social justice. Mm. Wheaton College, you can do a minor in peace and social justice. Wow. Western Kentucky, a minor in citizenship and social justice. The University of Kansas, a minor in social justice. And on and on and on. There are more than 100 colleges and universities where you can now get a minor in social justice and community organizing. Um, There's somewhere I want to go with this, but I'm hesitant to do it. But what the heck? I mean, I'm going to get started (laughs) for it anyway. But... I just think this is part and partial of the legacy of eight years of having Barack Obama as president. Wow. Uh, Barack Obama, before he was elected to the state Senate in Illinois, Mm -hmm. was a community organizer Mm -hmm. under the tutelage of one Saul Alinsky. Mm -hmm. Uh, Barack Obama, even while he was in office as president, founded an organization called Organizing for America. OFA. OFA is still in operation today. Uh, Barack Obama was, he he has community organizing in his DNA. He is a rebel by nature. He, in my opinion, is a tried and true Marxist. Mm -hmm. And inherent to Marxism is protest. You protest everything right all the time so i cannot help but look back at the research that i've done and i've been following barack obama since 2004 Mm -hmm. Uh, since 2004 when he gave the keynote address at the democrat national convention yeah the night he gave that address he turned that arena 
into a black Baptist church he sure did. worship service. Mm-hmm. It was that night in 2004. Barack Obama did not start running for president in 2008. He started running in 2004. He sure did. The Democrats knew that night in 2004 that they had their man. They had mm-hmm. their candidate. And I just see all of this social justice fervor as a result of eight years mm-hmm. of a man who despised America for his colonialist past. Mm-hmm. And Barack Obama was a staunch anti-colonialist. He despised America and his allies, his colonialist allies, and used a large portion of his eight years in office to develop a mindset within, especially within young college-age students. Yep. Youth culture, yep. That America needs to atone for its sins of the past, mm-hmm. that it needs to be more equi- equitable in, in redistributing its wealth, mm-hmm. uh, that universal health care is a right, uh, and things of that nature. So here we have, uh, in a lot of these more privileged institutions, we have instructors and professors who are tenured who are of that same generation as Barack Obama and who buy into that same worldview, yes. imparting that ideolo- ideology on to uh, the Gen Xers and mm-hmm. the Gen Zs now. Mm-hmm. And they are adopting this as their purpose in life. So now you have UConn and over a hundred more institutions offering minors in social justice community organizing who have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, now I don't say that in a disparaging kind of way. It's just that these are people who've lived, what, 18 years? Yeah. 19 years on this earth? Yep. What have they experienced? Have they experienced like I have? Have they experienced what it's like to, to go hungry and your mm-hmm. parents not being able to put food on the table one mm-hmm. night? Have they mm-hmm. experienced their utilities bills their utilities being turned off because your your parents are unable to pay the bill. Uh, uh, I I I can't imagine that being the case for I any can't. of the students at UConn with a with a out of state tuition of fifty three thousand dollars for a student out of state and thirty one thousand dollars for a student in state. Yeah. See. Yeah. That's a good. <laughs> that's a great. Yeah. So so that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So you want to. You want to tell me now here, here's some of the courses they're going to be required to take at UConn as they pursue this minor. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And verse, keep me honest, man. I know we're getting up against the clock. I'm watching you. I got you. Masculinities. <laughs> says among the courses, I'm still reading from the campus reform article. Right, among the right, courses right. available to fulfill the group a requirement is one called masculinities, which focuses on the social construction of masculinity and how maleness is gendered. Well, I can tell you how maleness is gendered. <laughs> you can go back to Genesis chapter one. <laughs> Just go back to Genesis chapter one. Uh-huh. That's how maleness is gendered. Right. And God created them male, male as, and female. Fact, that, that's not just how maleness is gendered. That's right. how femaleness female-ness is, is gendered. Absolutely. Another course, black feminist politics. Is one of the options for Group C. UConn describes the class as an introduction to major philosophical and theoretical debates 
at the core of black feminist thought, which emphasizes, quote, the ways in which interlocking systems of oppression uphold and sustain each other. Now, do you know what that means? What, is, what does that even mean? man? Listen, I have let, no idea. Let, let, me, let me explain something, man. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, Break I, it I, down, I, man. listen. I've got I've got a BA in business. I have an right. MBA. Uh, I'm working on an MDiv. I, I'm mm-hmm. not the smartest guy in the room, but let me let me. I have no idea what that sentence is. <laughs> exactly, means, man. man. Well, if you thought when that, if you thought that one through, you listen to this one. In the Group B category, students can take a course on gender politics and Islam. Now that if you know anything about Islam, you know that 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 course title is intrinsically contradictory. Mm-hmm. That course title is inherently contradictory. There is no politics in Islam. Mm-hmm. There's only Islam. Yes. Okay. There's only Islam. All right. Gender politics in Islam. It says explores the construction of gender in Islamic texts and history, mm-hmm. and the religion's interaction with other patriar- patriarchal cultures that's and insane. systems western inventions and their impact male leaders reform efforts and women's movements how does that even work in is women's movements in women's islam, movement in islam? Hmm. right wow wow lastly the final requirement is a service learning slash internship program this is an interdisciplinary seminar during which quote Students learn and work alongside other University of Connecticut students, instructors, and local activists as they examine the history of social justice organizing in the United States and gain practical skills in community organizing and political advocacy. So there you have it. Masculinities, black feminist politics, gender politics and Islam, and service and a service learning internship. And, and the, the, the explanations are simply word soup that mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. And fa- in fact, some, some, of the, some of the words are contradictory to the other ideas and worldviews represented within the sentence structure. That's insane. Right. right. There's, there's, there's contradictions galore <laughs> just in the titles of these courses. Right. <laughs> so but here's, here's, biblically speaking, here's what... Here's what people want want out of this. Mm-hmm. This whole social justice movement is essentially about now. Now, secular institutions and organizations will not couch it in these terms. Mm-hmm. But what they want is for people to not sin. Mm, bro, break this down. That's what they want. Yeah. They want for people to not sin. You see, essentially is what's going on here. But. Right. Because they cannot submit themselves to the gospel of Christ, which means right. they'd have to submit themselves to Christ. Right. They have to come up with all these other systems mm-hmm. and approaches to achieving what only the gospel can achieve. Mm-hmm. Only the gospel as it works in the heart of the individual and gives them, I was reading in Proverbs 2, and I'm going to read this real quick because I know we're up against it. I want to read this from Proverbs chapter 2. I was reading this earlier today. Mm-hmm. Listen to this in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. It says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Mm-hmm. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. 
He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and he preserves the way of his godly ones. Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course, for wisdom will enter your heart Mm -hmm. and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Wisdom, it says, will enter your heart. It says, then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity. And that's what all these secular institutions and organizations are after. They're after a society where righteousness, justice, and equity are the norm. But you will not achieve that apart from the gospel. Amen. You cannot. Mm-hmm. You cannot achieve it apart from the gospel. And that's why that's where we go again with these treadmill ethics. We just keep running on this treadmill, trying to make society better when society is comprised of human beings who cannot make themselves better. Mm. Wow. So here we go again. Here we all are again. around in circles. I, I, man, I, I look at all of this, you know, w- whether it's whether it's what we're seeing in the SBC uh, under the influence of, of men like Russell Moore. Um, and the ERLC, which we dealt with the MLK 50 issue, mm-hmm. you know, a while back and uh, dealt with that pretty succinctly. Again, if you're if you're brand new uh, to the podcast, I would encourage you uh, to go back and take a listen to that particular podcast to kind of understand a, a breadth and depth of the worldview that we hold to. And it's 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 it's, it's simple. It's a biblical worldview uh, with 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 an emphasis. Uh, it's, it's just it's this gospel centrality. It's just yep. it's it's just the lens of gospel centrality yep. with everything uh, that we're doing. We're bringing the gospel into conflict with the issues of our day, uh, wh- whether whether it's racial uh, issues, whether it's issues. And, and again, we, we, we put air quotes around race because, again, the, mm-hmm. from a biblical anthropology, from a from a thought process about man, we're all image bearers of God. There is one race, one mm-hmm. human race. Uh, and, and the Bible speaks. In, and, and we need to be we need it. Daryl, you've talked about this on and on and on, the importance of using biblical language for categories. Right, exactly. Because exactly. when we get when we get outside of those biblical categories, with biblical language for categories, we, we come up with all kinds of craziness that makes absolutely no sense that that the Bible knows nothing of what we speak. Yeah, and to that point, Verge, I'm working on a blog article right now that I've tentatively entitled the misleading language of the social justice movement. Oh, bro, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I think wait by to the time, that. yeah, yeah, by the time, uh, I won't say by the time this podcast airs, I'll be done with it, but I'm working on it right now. I'm probably about 80% done with it right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, again, I'm touching on another aspect, another dimension of how the church is getting sucked in to the lies of the social justice movement by buying into the language that they're using, the yeah. unbiblical language that they're using. We need yeah. to be careful about that. Yeah. And we, we've, we've got to make sure that we're using biblical language for categories and, and that we're, that we're speaking of whether it's anthropology, whether it's soteriology, we're speaking mm-hmm. of all of these things in ways that the Bible unpacks for us, because mm-hmm. if, if we don't to the point you're, you're making there, we get far afield. And before you know it, we, we, these two articles, man, I mean, you, you you see where the world is, right? right? You see, you see, you see, and and this was the, these two articles up against the backdrop of one another were really great to have because what you see in them is you see where the world is and and how far left the trajectory is from a standpoint of the world's position about these issues. 
And what you see from from so-called the so-called right uh, is is you see us beginning to to open ourselves up and adopt those same initiatives ideas exactly. uh, because, because we, we we're not we're not founded we're, our anthropology is not founded in biblical categories right and we're told I mean, you look at what's going on with the sbc brilliant point verse the sbc is you know it's like watercolors that that meld together mm-hmm. you know you, you're not it's getting to the point right now where you can't distinguish the church from the world mm-hmm. because here we have the church trying to widen a gate that jesus himself said was going to be narrow and, and you you cannot widen a gate that that Christ Himself said is narrow. It was narrow when He said it, and it's narrow now. So stop trying to widen it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Great points. As we wrap up another edition, man. Any any closing thoughts? Any any ideas you want to share? I can't. First of all, bro, I cannot wait for your article to come out. I'm hoping everybody uh, jumps on to the website. Uh, justthinking.me, justthinking.me, and pulls the blog down and begins to share that as soon as it's made available. Any any other closing thoughts, bro? Yeah, I just want to say real quick, verse back to a point you made earlier. I'm going to be, I, I'm going to continue to remain dogmatic because I think the Bible is clear on this, that there is no such thing as race. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as race. God created ethnicities. He did not create races. So to your point earlier, I'm glad you were able to get that in and sort of clear that up from some folks. When we use the word race or any derivative of that term, it's always in air quotes, folks, Mm -hmm. because the Bible is clear that God created ethnicities. Race is a social construct. You hear the term used here. It's only just for the sake of conversation, but we are staunchly dogmatic Mm -hmm. that the correct and biblical term is ethnicity and not race. Well, thanks once again to all you who are listening for uh, joining us for this podcast. Check us out next time. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking, a podcast brought to you by the Bar Podcast Network. You can find all of Just Thinking episodes at www.thebarpodcast.com. Tune in next week to another edition of Just Thinking. And remember, let's think.